0: Hey, everybody, how you doing? This is Dr. Maxwell, and we're here for Bring the Smoke again, and I have one of my favorite guests because she gets so many views from me because she is so beautiful and she's so anointed. We have with us the bishop, I call her the bishop, the bishop, Dr. Millicent Hunter is in the house. We're going to let her introduce herself and tell you about her latest book.
1: Well, praise the Lord, I'm Dr. Millicent Hunter, and I'm the senior pastor of the Baptist Worship Center and the presiding prelate of the Worship Center. Worldwide Fellowship of Churches and our headquarters is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is my latest book, and thank you so much for having me, Dr. Maxwell. The book is entitled, and you have to say the title very slow, Shift (laughs) Happens. And it talks about finding value in adversity. And this book is just right out of the gate. We had a pre-launch, but officially it is being launched at the end of the summer. So this is a great book. It is guaranteed to really deposit in your life in a special way.
0: Shift happens, <clears throat> shift happens. <laughs> you drop the F, it still happens. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we just thank God to have you here on the show. And, and I called you in because I needed help. And it's for the first time, I knew you were over, I knew you were over Baptist, but for some reason I heard it even more clearly now. So sometimes you can hear it, but the way you operate isn't really Baptist. Not saying we not Baptist, but you you have such an apostolic anointing for what you do And I realized why God told me to call you. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to call you because of your book. And I know you were the one uh, that prophesied that we were not going to build on the campus that I was on even though we had, we sit on eight acres. Mm. And you said, no, 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 God doesn't want you to build here. You told me that probably about 10, 10 years ago. And you said, no, God is gonna have you not at a storefront, but he's gonna have you on the main road. And we are on the main road. Mm -hmm. The building that we were gonna build on campus was gonna be like 26,000 square feet. It was gonna cost us like $8.5 million. Mm -hmm. But you prophesied, you spoke a word. We ended up finding a building 1.4 miles away. Get it? I would name the name of our church is New Beach Grove Baptist Church, mm-hmm. and now we're at three six one Beachmont Drive, mm-hmm. and that's forty six thousand square f- uh, feet of building, of uh, buildings, three buildings on a on a campus of five acres, and I just wow. I appreciate your boldness in the way you prophetically spoke us where we were now. Mind you, I was hard headed because I was listening to my trustees, <laughs> and we were still gonna build, <laughs> but then. One day in a church conference, God said, no, you're not going to build, you're going to buy. And I remember tapping trustee's Show, hey trustee, I, I think we're going to have to change this whole meeting up, because God just told me, and I remember the word that you gave me. I said, we're not, it said, God just spoke to me clearly, which he already spoke to me clearly through you, but you know, I realized what Paul, Paul said, every time I try to do what I'm supposed to do, something rises with me and yes. it makes me do what I'm not. I used to think it was just sin, but mm-hmm. I realized Paul struggled with the tradition of being a Jew, True, but he was called to the Gentiles yes. and he kept trying to do Jewish things, yes. even though he was called to take care of the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And so he it was hard for him to shift. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so me, even though you gave me an apostolic word, I grew up in the Baptist church. And a lot of times you always listen to kind of like the deacons and the trustees mm-hmm. okay. and they already were in the vein of doing it. So even though you had given me a word, The flesh began to rise up in me and try to keep me on the same trajectory as where my Baptist predecessor and where my Baptist deacons and trustees were trying to take me. So Mm. I I feel it that you already was already gifted in in shifting. So I know what your book you say, look, shift happens and Mm -hmm. you have challenges. Can you just give us one of the examples in your book? Because it's so much stuff that happens. How can people be able to accept the challenges and shift out of where they where they are
1: mm-hmm. very good well you know one classic example and um, people are almost to the point where they are tired of talking about it but we we can't let it go when the pandemic hit our nation now their shifts take place all the time it's really a, a just another word for change mm. but when that pandemic hit the entire world everything on the planet planet shifted and we had to shift as well especially the church the body of Christ and um a lot of uh, negative challenging things happened but a lot of good things happened as well i think sometimes we have to be forced into a corner mm. so to speak in order to make some changes that are needed and necessary so if one good thing came out of the pandemic it was an attention getter i think for the body of christ if we're speaking about church life
0: yes it definitely was it caused us because some of our churches would be forever (laughs) long, and i think the pandemic made some churches kind of shorten up Mm -hmm. not saying that you you definitely don't want to rush god but i mean Three, four people have to do announcements. Why? Mm -hmm. You know, because it's an old school person with the big hat and you have to let her say this and say Mm -hmm. that. But a lot of people moved away from it, especially when they started coming back inside Mm -hmm. because you wanted to get in and out because people were stressed. But Mm -hmm. now you see people trying to force themselves back into the same habits. Yes. And like you said, it forced them to have to change. Some Mm -hmm. churches, I had churches, Reverend Walden can tell you, pastors called me the devil because I was on Facebook. We first started doing Facebook. The rest of soul, uh, Miss Sabrina, she's had a little phone and she record and we go live through through her phone. And I remember one pastor came in that when I first got there, I went ahead and let them still have some of the speakers that they had because I didn't want to just ship. Plus, I wanted to hear them. and They were already on the schedule. So God called me the devil because I was on Facebook mm. and. You know, I don't handle things well all the time, but I handle that real well. Mm-hmm. And my mouth is not the best of mouth sometimes. And you know, shift happens, right? Shift happens. So so anyway, fast forward mm-hmm. six, seven more years, mm-hmm. we're in the pandemic. Yeah. We're doing the drive-in church. We on Facebook, we've been on Facebook. He calls mm-hmm. and asks me for help. Mm-hmm. Now my dude, Daniel, you know, so you gotta have the people who still kind of almost say, but not just to kind of help you (laughs) do stuff. (laughs) They like, no, Reverend. I remember he called you the devil. I ain't trying to help him. I said, no, go over there. You know, make sure he pay you something, but Mm -hmm. go ahead and help him. But he didn't even want to help him for money because he remembered what the guy had said or heard about what he had said, but we wanted to make sure we helped them with the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so it put them on Facebook. But Mm -hmm. some of the same churches that were forced to be on Facebook to stay alive, some of them went and gave their equipment back and went mm-hmm. right back mm-hmm. to not going live. Cause they said, well, we in church now, but you still want to reach those other people. For sake not, this some of yourselves together, oh. but you use that as bait to bring some people back. But mm-hmm. I don't think some people may never come back in. So why what what makes people go back to the to the vomit so to speak?
1: Well, I've had some similar experiences. You know, change can be very uncomfortable for some people because it's disruptive. Mm. But when you Look at disruption not as something negative but as an opportunity to take a fresh look at how you do things. Now, uh, I've had similar experiences. I never thought, matter of fact, when I was in seminary, I never had a class on how to um, have church in a parking lot for a few (laughs) years. I, and you know, but. We were blessed and graced to have the virtual platforms in place like you, the Facebook and the et cetera. We live in a changing world and the the church must change. The message remains the same. But our methods of getting the message out. We still have to reach the congregations that are comfortable with the traditional way of worship and fellowship, but we also have to reach a generation of people who their lives, it's, it's information. Their lives are the Facebook and tablet and computers. That's not going to change. That's never going to go back to the way that it was. It's like um, being really tired of the smog from automobiles and saying, well, we're just going to wait until everybody goes back to buggies and, and horse-drawn <laughs> carriages. That's never going to happen. You know, it's a trivial pursuit. So as pastors... I think it is a good thing that many of us were backed into a corner and forced to learn about virtual platforms and Facebook and how to have a shorter service and kind of, and I'll say it like, I mean it, cut the fat out, you know, I mean, I'm I'm from a tradition where we would have a wonderful worship service for two and a half hours, and it was fine for me because I love church. But I have learned how to adjust to having service for about an hour and 15 minutes. The message is the same length, but some things that we used to do spoken over the pulpit, we have... uh, large screens around the sanctuary and people still give and people still hear the announcements. But it's done in a different way, knowing that I have hundreds of people sitting at home in their pajamas, watching everything and loving <laughs> Jesus like we yes, do. Yes. But they're home and they're probably going to stay home. Yes, And uh, we've just had to fashion ways to reach them because mm. it's not going to change.
0: Wow, well, it's not. Some of the people will never come back. So, never. How, mm-hmm. in passes, you hear us. Some of you all, even though you don't like Facebook, you watch us on Facebook sometimes. <laughs> you need to understand that they may not ever come back, and so you need to learn how to do both. Because some people don't know how to do stuff simultaneously. That's right. They said, "Well, we're going to do." The Facebook now because we can't go in and then once they go in well we don't need Facebook. No, mm-hmm. you still need both because you need to, you need to cash your net on the other side as well mm-hmm. to bring to bring other people in. And some people, they would have Zoom. And they didn't want you to be on Zoom unless you had the code. Like, why would you block the people out? it's evangelism yes. where they don't go to the church. So you telling me you don't want them to hear the message? Mm. So you so the Bible said would you put a candle under a bush and hide it? Right. Like you need your light to shine. And so mm-hmm. I really, really, really encourage you to buy this book. Cause some of you all need to understand that shift. Happens. Yes, it does. It happens and you need to be able to adapt and the thing about the church is the church changes every 20-30 years and mm-hmm. society changes every three years. Mm-hmm. So we always behind. How can we be the head and not the tail? Yeah. Above and not beneath mm-hmm. the lender not the bar if we always three and four and five steps 10 and 15 20 uh-huh. years behind society and the, the thing about it I hate about the church is We don't we don't change some of us don't change unless we have to change.
1: Yeah, that's true. You got
0: to start getting the, I'm glad, like you said, you were already giving online. We were mm-hmm. already accepting giving online. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my trustees, I love y'all. I ain't calling your names so I don't get mad. <laughs> a, a lot of trustees were kicking against me when I said, do electronic giving. Mm-hmm. Well, man, mm-hmm. what if something happened? Look, you got a third party to insure it. They'll be okay. you leaving money on the table. Mm-hmm. Even me. I'm not young. I ain't old either. But <laughs> I don't, I I rarely bring cash Church. That's right. And so right. I would every time I come back. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I forgot to pay my tithes, and I would mm-hmm. take my check back to the to my bookkeeper and say, mm-hmm. "Look, man, we need to do electronic giving." So probably about six, seven months into my past, I said, we need to do electronic giving."
1: Exactly. So we
0: went into it. I went ahead and paid for a lot of stuff up front myself, mm-hmm. and I got reimbursed for so some of, it, some of it I didn't because my job is to make sure the church stays ahead. So fast forward, we started collecting online. I got mm-hmm. here. 2011 in September. Sometime in 2012, we started electronic giving. They were fussing about it all the way up until when? 2020, when the pandemic came. Man, pastor, I'm so glad we were giving electronically. You would've thought, right? You would've thought, I know that y'all don't see him on camera, you would've thought that they were always in agreement, right? You wouldn't think that they were always in agreement. Man, Pastor, I'm so glad we was ahead because these other churches, they're struggling because now they, they, they want you to help them. They want us to help them set up online. Oh. I'm so glad we was already online giving. Now, they done fussed with me for eight years, mm-hmm. but when it finally came, mm-hmm. boom. Why? Because yeah. you're supposed to be that head and not the tail, That's above and right. not beneath. That's you're right. supposed to be trailblazing. We're supposed to be telling society what to do, That's right. not society dictating to us, to us what to do. But again, I heard mm-hmm. for the first time, I knew. Now I see why God wants me to align with you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How did you, I mean, I guess you started and planted your own church. Yes. But to do, because we know some of the traditional things we have with Baptists. How, because mm-hmm. the way you operate, I mean, because first of all, some Baptists people like, ain't no bishop. What you need a bishop for? <laughs> we don't have bishops. We we autonomous. We don't deal with bishops. How did you be able to lead your church to understand the importance of the office of of bishop? Well, you know, most
1: people, especially in the African-American faith community, have no clue what a bishop is and what a bishop does. If you were to ask them, many people would say, well, I don't know. I just know we don't have them. (laughs) Sound just like So... You know, in my training, yes, bishops are not in the Baptist um, polity, Baptist way of, of uh, traditionally operating churches, but they are in the Christian church that always shuts mm. them all down, wow. it shuts them all down. And when people say, well, God didn't call you to be a bishop, absolutely true. God does not call bishops, people called bishops. Mm-hmm. When you are elected, a bishop is a pastor over pastors. When you are elected by other pastors uh, requesting that you be their spiritual covering, their mentor, their pastor, and you are elected to do that, you're consecrated to that office. And that's mm-hmm. how I became a bishop. I, The Lord just really just miraculously opened the doors for me to minister in South Africa. Through the first book that I wrote, uh, a number of pastors um, found the book in South Africa. It was translated into eight languages. And called me in the midnight hour, and I thought it was a crank call, and said, You must come to South Africa. We need your help, your teaching, your spiritual guidance. They didn't have gender hangups and gender issues. Mm. That was um, more than 20 years ago now. I went, and for years I taught, pastored, mentored and poured into the pastors there and some in the United States as well. So I was doing the work for years before I was officially consecrated. So by the time my consecration came, it was not something new that I had to introduce to my church or to people, my ministry colleagues. It was something that I was just doing all along. So um, it's a wonderful thing that Baptist churches are autonomous because I didn't have to go to anyone to say, you think I should do this? You think I really should start a church? I'm so glad that I heard God's voice right. so clearly, and God always puts God's seal of approval on what God has assigned and called you to do, so that's all I needed to know. This was a call upon my life to establish a church, to found the Baptist Worship Center in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and the rest is history. And God's hand has been so wonderfully on the congregation and on the leadership and on me, and I'm so grateful to God for what God has done. I never had to go to anyone and ask permission to do what I'm doing. Just never had to do it. Never had to go to a joint board, ask the deacons, beg the convention. Just never <laughs> had to do it. Yes. I just had to hear the voice of God and sail. And that's what I've been doing.
0: Wow. So I was about to say, how do you tell people who may feel like they couldn't do something? To so you already answered it. Because so many times, you know, women, feel oppressed and sometimes they may be oppressed but mm-hmm. sometimes not saying you know i'm not a woman so i can't really say it as much as so you can correct me or bring it mm-hmm. when i was first dealing with a, a, a couple of my female uh ministers they were asking me to do things and i said yeah yeah let's do that let's go ahead and do this and then i would find them i'm sitting in the office i done say yes mm-hmm. yes okay and they would go through a spill of fuss and i'm like you do know what yes means, like mm-hmm. what, what? are you fussing about? Like they already came in there pre-ready mm-hmm. to fuss, like they didn't even hear me say yes. I'm like, why? Why are you fussing? I just said yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, like they didn't even hear me. I said, yeah, let's we should do that. So I had to end up calling a, I can't think of her name. But what's the interim pastor? That used to be at Queen Street. The female pastor. Oh, Golson. Okay. Yeah, I called yes. Pastor Golson in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call her in to kind of mentor some of my women, say, can mm-hmm. you help translate? Because apparently when I say yes, they hearing no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or when I say yes, we can do this, they still feel like I'm b- blocking them or maybe mm-hmm. feel as if I'm just saying yes and not gonna do it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. She said, okay, yeah, they probably psychologically hung up. Better. And she came in and she kind of helped me. She was my translator, even though we all spoke English. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so i didn't know how how to kind of to kind of do that so what can you say to to some women who may be in a situation where they're maybe they i, I guess it's twofold how do you speak to the women that are not in oppressed situations but kind of oppressing themselves in their mind mm-hmm. and then how do you help the women who may be free in their mind yet in oppressed situations how, how do they help uh, when it comes to ministry or maybe life in general i don't know
1: Well, with the example that you just shared, maybe there was an element of fear there. Mm -hmm. That even though you spoke into uh, their lives and said, yes, you can move forward to do that, there was probably something in them that caused them to hold back a bit. Sometimes Mm -hmm. tradition can be a lot to overcome Mm -hmm. when you don't have a healthy enough self-esteem I had such a healthy intact self-esteem and I have a very clear sense of who I am in God. God, mm. I'm one of God's best, just like you. Go ahead. You, can I thought I'd in. Put that you got to so that so that know you better than me. That you understand just like you 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 and you. <laughs> you know, I say it all the time. I am one of God's favorites. Yes, God's <laughs> favor is on my life. Yes. And I'm not ashamed of that. I don't shy back from that. I am so humbly grateful and thankful for God's grace and favor on my life. Mm. And when you have that kind of relationship with the Lord and you understand clearly who you are and your assignment in the earth, um, when you think about oppression, yeah, I've you know, been oppressed, I guess. I wasn't paying attention to it. You know, who, <laughs> you know, this is life. We, we live around human beings that have issues. I've always clearly understood oppression and um, pushing uh, people away and um, setting up boundaries against people because of gender issues, color issues, et cetera. That's not my issue. So I don't mm. allow myself to be distracted by going off the the road and my journey dealing with little petty debates and arguments. i'm busy, I have work to do, and I have a life to live so so y'all fuss over there while I just keep climbing the ladder and doing what God has favored me to do. so you know it's a matter of maturing in who you are in God, so you yes. don't worry about it and and I always. I, I always go back to my best reference, and my best reference is the life of Jesus. Yes. And wasn't he oppressed for goodness sake? Mm. And even though it might not have been a gender issue, but more an ethnic and racial issue and political, et cetera, he had oppression all around him, but it never moved him from his position because of his relationship that he had with God. So wow. it ain't a thing. Well, wow, you,
0: you heard it here. <laughs> Know who Christ is and know who you are in Christ exactly. and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens, who strengthens you. you. My yes. goodness, he who began a good work in you shall Perform finish it. it That's right. and your oppressor cannot mm-hmm. have any power over mm-hmm. you. Did you hear what she said? She said, I ain't paying no attention, right? So what, what he said, you know what I'm saying? So you supposed to what? seek for the kingdom of God and, it, and it's right that all the things will be added to you. But the mm-hmm. thing was, you're supposed to press toward the mark of his holy call. Yes. As yes. a man or a woman thinking so is he or she. Yes. So if your mind is on your oppressor or your, your oppressed situation, mm-hmm. that's what you're gonna be because that's what your mind on. Mm-hmm. She's letting us know that her mind wasn't worried about the riffraff. She didn't look at that. She began to look in heavenly places mm-hmm. and she began to look at what God had will in her life mm-hmm. and God brought it to fruition. So if you faithful over what God has given you and you press toward that, yeah. No white person, no black person, no male, no female, no gender issue, no law enforcement, no injustice can stop you mm-hmm. because the anointing will break the burdens and yokes. So look true. here, we're not going to keep Bishop here long. We're ready to eat. She <laughs> got to get on a flight. You know, I, I'm just so happy that, oh. that you're here. So you just give us a final word so we can go ahead and get some eat on. I'm hungry.
1: You know, I devote an entire chapter in my book um, about mindset and Mm -hmm. just what you said. You notice as you were responding to what we were just talking about, I think you threw out about four or five or six scriptural references, which lets us know that when you are grounded and solid and stable in the word of God... Stop giving the enemy more power and credit than he deserves because greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. But really, thank you so much, Dr. Maxwell. You know, I'm a talker just like you. And anytime I get to talk about my faith and about the things of God and what's going on in the kingdom of God, I just get excited. So thank you so much for having me once again. You're such a blessing. No,
0: you're a blessing. Thank you so much for being here. Wow. All right, you heard it, bring the smoke, Dr. Millicent Hunter, please get her book. I'm telling you, you will be blessed. I read slow, so I'm on like <laughs> chapter two, she gave it to me, I started reading finally. I read it finally. I read slow, I don't think I read fast the Bible, but when I read it, I understand it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when I called, thank you Reverend Pratt for pulling everything together. I said, you know what? We're going through a shift at Newbies Grove. Nice. Mm-hmm. I know who I need to call. In fact, she asked me, "Was was I having a conference?" I like, know I'm not having a conference. I just need you here because I need you to help me get through the shift. Mm-hmm. And one thing you got to understand, leaders, there's always somebody that is more gifted than you. Don't be ashamed about it. Just call them in to help you. The problem mm-hmm. with some of us pastors and some of us people, we don't want any help. We want to do it on our own. Mm-hmm. One can set a thousand flights. Two can set ten thousand flights. So true. Especially when you find someone. Who has who's operating in a greater anointing or a greater capacity than you, a lot of times we have too much pride and won't call anybody mm-hmm. in to help us. True. Me, I don't care if it's a woman, I don't care if it's a man, I don't care if you're black, I don't care if you're white. Mm-hmm. If I know you're gifting, I'm gonna call you in. Yes. When I wasn't when I was scared to raise money, you know what I did? I called in like five Kojic pastors. Like, I know they'll be growing money. <laughs> Hey, look! Look! Every every Sunday at eight o'clock, I sit there and listen to them, then I preach at eleven. I call like five. I'm telling you, I call Bishop Green. I call all the Greens. I had like three. I had all three of the Green brothers. I I, late, I left out old school, sorry, but I only do three of them. I call Michael. I call Philip. Late, late Michael. Michael. I call Philip, and I call what's the other guy? Yeah. Huh? No, no, nah, nah, I ain't. No, nah, I got golden coming though <laughs> next month though. But this was a while ago. I called Riddick, Pastor Riddick, even mm-hmm. though he baptized, he know how to ask for money, mm-hmm. and I had to get comfortable with it because yes. when God wanted us to be able to move into this mm-hmm. building, I couldn't do it without asking right. people to give. And I'm mm-hmm. not greedy. The thing about it is, the wealth of the wicked later for the righteous. But God says if you bring your full tithe to the storehouse, yes. so that maybe meat in my house. You know, he said, test me in this, see if I don't open up the windows of heaven and so apply the blessing you won't have room to receive. He said he'll rebuke the devout, he'll rebuke the pestilence. And it's biblical mm-hmm. that if you give, you shall receive. But because when I was coming up, sorry, mama, I hope you don't watch this. My mama would talk about, <laughs> We gotta make sure she'll see this one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, don't sit on the podcast on this. I had to talk about my mom for a little bit. But see, they would, they a lot of times they didn't have the understanding because some pastors right. would be crooked right. and they would say, Pastor, mm-hmm. all you do is ask money, all you do is ask money. So even when I was called, mm-hmm. it took me a minute to accept my call mm-hmm. because sometimes I would hear the language about preachers. Now we always went to church, but and they wouldn't complain about some of the preachers that were there, but like some of the big preachers that you might see. Mm-hmm. But what I realized when I began to work in the vineyard I was already rich before I came I'm just mm-hmm. keeping it 100 Newbie's Grove did not make me rich when mm-hmm. I got here in fact Newbie's Grove I don't know why I'm on this tangent Newbie's Grove forgot to pay me for two and a half months I didn't even know it and so when I went to buy uh this the a land Rover that I had uh, um a few years ago uh, 2013 I said hey man I need my check stuff I don't know my che- I need some check stuff and then the bookie was like man I forgot to pay you Come to think about it, they probably forgot to pay me some other times. I just didn't know it, but I had made so much yeah. money with real estate, I didn't know. So that's why to this day, I just get paid once a month, see mm-hmm. if I get my check yeah. Okay, it's there. I don't get paid every week. I don't get paid mm-hmm. every two weeks. I just get paid every month just because of the trauma that I went through. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the thing about it is God had already blessed me. So I want to free somebody up right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you see a Bishop Millicent Hunter, when you see a... Uh, Dr. Jamal Bryant, when you see a Dr. E. Dewey Smith, or Bishop Paul Moore, and a Joyce Meyer, a Pastor Joyce Meyer, when you see a Pastor Joel Osteen, or whoever in the body of Christ that's blessed, just understand this they would have been blessed in anything that they do. I was already blessed before I got here, but I think I need to free some people up. I, I, I'm sensing it now because I was uncomfortable with it because so many people talk about pastors and preachers, but mm-hmm. No matter what, I will be blessed. In fact, I left money to come here. When I came here, I was about to take a $30,000 pay cut to come here. They had a vote before I got here and Mm -hmm. they voted to get me the salary I had before I even got here. I didn't ask them to do it. Mm -hmm. They just did it, Mm -hmm. right? And so what I'm telling you is this, God wants to bless you, but he can't bless you when you're kicking against kingdom people that are blessed. Be careful about putting your mouth on men and women of God who are blessed. The funny thing about it, the crazy thing about it is DL Hewley and other people, when they bless, nobody say anything. In fact, I remember yeah. DL, I like DL as a comedian, but he put his mouth on a preacher one day saying yeah. that the reason why he had a wreck, is because his family had a wreck and they got hurt, is because the pastor again paid all this money. So you telling me the pastor's supposed to make less money than you? Now I'm not saying that, you know, some preachers may be crooked, but what I'm, t- I, I, I've sensed it, I don't know why it's on me. Don't put your mouth on the men and women of God who are blessed because God said mm-hmm. he wishes above all things that, yeah, you, that you, you be prosperous prosper. and in good health. So this is a great plug right now. I need you to shift your thinking True. because shift happens <laughs> and you need to stop thinking that Christians are supposed to be broke because God wants you to have influence. The reason why God blesses you, Ross Perot, when he ran for president, he mm-hmm. didn't make no sense. But you know why people listen to him? Because he had money. That's right. Money and blessings magnify your voice. God mm-hmm. says he blesses you for his name's sake, why? Mm-hmm. Because when you're blessed, it you are representative of him. Right. So right. stop letting people make you feel as if you're supposed to be broke because you're a Christian and stop speaking against Christians who are not broke. In fact, stop speaking against anybody Mm -hmm. because God wants to make you a blessing. He wants to make you a blessing so you can bless other people. Mm -hmm. He wants to make you a steward because that's not your money. Once you understand that that's not your money and the money that he gives you, you need to do exactly with it that he tells you to do. Then he can trust you with more. That's when you do with the hundred dollars that they tell you to do, he can give you a thousand. When you do with a thousand, he can give you twenty thousand. He can mm-hmm. give you a hundred thousand. He can give you. He gives you more when he sees that you're obedient. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why I'm on this tangent. I do know why I'm on this tangent because somebody out here is upset because people are blessed and you're not. And the reason why you're not blessed. Is because you keep worrying about other people's blessing. Find your purpose. Find your joy in Christ. And I promise you, he will elevate you and bless you. When you start celebrating men and women of God who are blessed, God will give you your own blessing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's it. Bring in the smoke. If I hurt your feelings, it was for a good reason. God wants to help you, to elevate you. And God chastised who he loves. So if you felt Mm -hmm. that, you need to feel it so that he can correct you so that you can walk in your blessings. Love you all. Bring the smoke. Thank you, Doc.